Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the art of the interception. Picked off. Yes, to Asante Samuel. If you're looking for unfiltered storytelling and cold, hard, but truthful facts, this is the podcast for you. Your host of The Art of the Interception is a two-time Super Bowl champion, all-pro first team in 2007, four-time Pro Bowler, and two-time NFL interceptions leader. Here's your host, Asante Samuel. Competitive heart, it won't allow him to 
sit back and slide. It didn't because always it's lead it. to the right things, though. It don't always lead to the right things. It left me in the training room. That's why I was begging and trying to plead with him yeah. to slide. Because we yeah. wanted him on the field. You know, he's awesome on the field. But when he's not on the field, he ain't as awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? So, but, I, but I'll say this to that. Um, <clears throat> just being told that. And even it even came from outside sources, the media, and then. You even have family members saying, you need to slide because everybody buying into the whole slide thing. But after a while, they had me not being able to anticipate like I wanted to. Or mm-hmm. It took away from my field for the game for a small fraction of my career because I was trying to figure out that I knew what was important. Being mm-hmm. on the field, being accountable, being there for your teammates is most important. So that's what it was like. So it was taking up space in your head because everybody saying slide, slide, slide. When nobody's saying nothing, you can just do you. Yeah, I wish I would let it affect me mentally. So, like, I look at Lamar Jackson's situation. At the end of the day, it's do you. Yeah, man, do you, man. Whatever works, right? Pay the bills. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, like, uh, to me, it seems like, you know, you was a superstar pretty much your whole life from Little League. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, high school. You was always a, a top top tier athlete, right? Um, explain to me how how that was growing up, you know, as a top because I wasn't like always a top tier athlete. Yeah. Not just you, but you growing up with a brother in the same household who's also a top tier athlete and yeah. also just plays good. quarterback. Yeah. So how was that dynamic growing up in the household? So my brother, the way I learned to throw really good, consistent at throwing the football, my my brother used to watch NFL. With college and NFL, every Saturday and Sunday, we spent all day in the house. Mm-hmm. But at halftime, and you know, it get cold in Virginia. We running outside. We got five minutes, or we, you know, we got ten minutes for halftime. We got a thirty second commercial break, bro. We running outside to toss the, the rock in the cold. In the cold, just me and him. Oh, go ten and cut, ten and out. Mm-hmm. Go deep, real quick. Like he hustled, I throw it. I'm older, he throwing it to me. So my brother was naturally a running back. He learned to like he learned to have the ball in his hands. I I learned to have the ball in my hands, but distributed. He was he learned to run with it. Mm-hmm. So he was so more he of a was, runner. Yeah, he was never a quarterback until he got to high school. Really? And that's a different story. I could tell you a story about when I realized he was gonna be a quarterback. But mm-hmm. even through all that, that's where the consistency came from in my game. That's how I became one of the top quarterbacks in high school. I was ranked like number 11 in the country. Okay. I was not highly recruited. Um, thank God Virginia Tech came through. I had Virginia yeah. Tech, Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. um, Syracuse came. But not the top, top athlete. But it wasn't Florida, Florida State, Nebraska. So it, it was a little disconnect. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I knew where I was headed. But, man, I was really overshadowed by a guy in high school, and it, it just fueled my fire so much to a point where I just, I had, like, I felt like the underdog all the way. Yeah. All the way. And that's crazy you say that because people won't uh, think that, that you're going through those things. And yeah. Me and my son, man, all our life, man, we've been the underdog. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I see, you know, I, I feel what you what you was going through because, uh, you know, I, I went through that. But make you that, that make, you, make you different, make you more hungry, have a chip yeah, on the shoulder the rest of your life. You know I wish, what I mean? I, like, I wish I always had that chip on my shoulder, even when, like, you know, you, you have success early in the NFL, you have success early in college. And, and I had a chip in, in high school going to college because I was overshadowed by a guy. So when I got to college, I'm like, yo, I'm, t- I'm, I'm killing everything. You ain't worried about that, no more. Focus, whatever I got to do, mental preparation, make sure I'm, I'm on top of it. Mm-hmm. It led to a Heisman Trophy. 
uh, candidacy it led to a lot of opportunities and obviously a number one pick. Right. But right. when I got to the league, it was like, you know, how else do you find that edge? Right. Especially when you're a number one pick and you come to a team where they're not so good and you got to build from the ground up. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna touch on so, that yeah, more too, man. Yeah. I'm gonna touch on that more too. Uh, say, bro. Ain't going nowhere. We chilling, bro. So, um, yeah. Um, so you grew up in Virginia, right? A lot of people, if y'all don't know, he was grew up, he grew up in Virginia, where Allen Iverson grew up. If y'all don't know AI, shout out to AI. So, um, a lot of us, you know, our culture. I we seen the documentary with AI and the things he went through in the bowling alley, and um, you know, we're wondering. Um, you know, the big family, did y'all ever have to go through some of those experiences of racism or being at uh, Virginia is the state that it is, man? Um, yeah. How was it for y'all? Virginia is, is a commonwealth state, I, I will say, and, you know, the bad laws, they are what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, what The situation I went through, it, it was just so new. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then you got somebody who's going through who's high profile. Right, right. And it's, it's viewed different. And, uh-huh. you know, I think a lot of people was at a, at a point in a space where they really didn't understand it. It really was no laws to back up right. what I was doing or what I was even but not, doing. But, but, not a, but not this obvious situation that everybody knows about. You know, other situations. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I had people in my corner. Injustice. Uh, yeah, so I, you mean, had, I, I can't, like I said, it was just so new. Mm. And it was high profile. So now everybody, like, you know, you got some people chomping at the bit. You got some people trying to protect me. You got... And the people who was trying to protect me, you would not believe who they were. Right. And you will believe uh-huh. You know, um, very influential people, but you had, you know, that, you know, small group. People that wasn't not that, Yeah, that, you know, yeah. That was trying to help. Yeah, that, yeah. that mm-hmm. I mean, that just was like, you know, bro. And, and it, it changed a lot in terms of dogfighting laws. Right, right. Um, you know, a lot of people found out a lot about themselves. I found out a lot about me in that process, man. And, um, you know, glad that I was able to come away with it on the side where I had a lot of people who supported me through it, helped me get through it. Because, I mean, I did prison time and all that. Right, 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 right. Consequences of my action. Right, 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 right. So, like you said, you talked about it, your, your incarceration, man. If you don't, we don't, you know, he was, he was incarcerated for two years. Two years. And, um, you know, I I hear you talk about it before, right? And I hear you talk about you was incarcerated and um, you lied to Mr. Blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you would have told Mr. Blank the truth when it was time when he confronted you, yeah, do you think things would have been a better situation? Absolutely. I, and don't get me wrong, like in hindsight is always twenty twenty. I know, like, look, a lot of good came from that, especially me being becoming a better person, a better man, right. a better individual, right. in all areas of my life, which is needed. Mm-hmm. And as right. you grow, but but if I would have just been like. In that moment, learn to be honest. Mm-hmm. I learned you don't have to tell the same lie over and over again. It got mm-hmm. to a point I told so many lies, bro. Like, oh, I don't even know what lies I'm telling this. Oh bro. man, I give up. That had to be and so it started much pressure, man. And just a man who was truly in my corner and believed in me. Right. You know, you just never know when God gonna place people in your life that you know they actually there for a reason. Whether it's thirty seconds or if it's a lifetime, like you gotta. Find the good in it and what can come out of it. And that's what he's explaining the art of the interception. You don't know what life is going to bring, but you got to try to anticipate the right. things and intercept it to make a better situation yeah. for yourself. You know what I mean? That's so, true. you know, he, he 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 didn't do right in the beginning by telling the truth, but man, may God bless this man. I salute this man the way he bounced back 
came from kids. You know, lied to his kids, you know, but he bounced back from all of that stuff, man. You know, he bounced back, became a better man, rebuilt his life. You know, man, I ain't got nothing but respect. If you don't respect what this man did, how he came back as a black man in this in this world, man, you ain't nothing, man. This man is what it's about. This man is inspiring and man, nothing but respect and salute. I got kids, man. I got kids who at some point they started to understand the story. Right, right, right. That's right here. I want to help the kids and everybody. I want to revisit the story. I want you to understand, like, Michael Vick was the number one pick in the draft. You understand what I'm saying? A black man that's barely six foot tall. When you when they looked at people that was running the ball, like, you can't play quarterback. This man was the number one pick of the draft. He made himself the number one pick of the draft. He was our black Superman. You know, we loved him. So with that being said, you know, we all kind of come from the same areas and stuff like that. Like, I was a fourth-round pick, you know, made a couple hundred thousand, you know, uh, as a rookie. But for you to come in so young as a black man, so rich, what were the main challenges you had to deal with to try to stay focused? Like you said, I heard you say, say so rich. Yeah, okay. Because the thing is with that, and, and not to take away from what you're saying, it's funny when I hear that because people don't understand our contracts. And when I first got my signing bonus and I seen it, it wasn't what they told me. It was like, we get three million signing bonus taxes. And I was like, hey, yo, y'all get another million. Like, who am I to that? They're like, oh, yeah, son. My checks say three yeah, million, but it's 1.5. Yeah, what is the real world? Right, right. Taxes hit. You know, right. now I revamp my whole game plan of what I'm going to do for my family. Right. Because I'm going to look out for everybody. And I did, but I, at that moment, I realized, like, the severity of understanding finances. And mm-hmm. now I'm looking at the second phase. Like, right, when the next time I'm going to get paid? Or when? Now I'm financially learning how to really bring my man. life along. And, like, you got to take your time. You got to be patient. I'm already thinking about the second contract. And I ain't even... <laughs> I ain't even started my first game. Like, now I got to really bust, you know what I'm saying, really bust it to get to that point where, you know, a couple mil really rolling in and it's really a different level of financial security. It is a different level, man. You know, you got wealthy, wealth, man. This is a different type of wealth, man. Rich, you know, you you know what I'm saying? But uh, when did you sign the shoe deal? Was it? At the same time, it was like a year after being in the Four boy. years later. Oh. Four years later. So I, I didn't sign my shoe there until 2004, which is an amazing contract. Right. Shout out to Nike because they always been there. So that's why I want y'all to understand. This is a reference to this day. A lot of people, you know, not a lot of people, but, you know, a few people may have had shoes and signed shoe contracts, but Michael Vick had his own shoe. Everybody knows the black Superman. Five shoes. Five shoes. Five shoes and cleats. Do y'all understand? This is this is wasn't being tolerated back then. This man came along and and made the, and put the world on notice. Gonna man. bring that up out of Brunga Pad. Yeah, yeah all right. So <laughs> but we work next episode. Next we're episode, he gonna bring it stuff. back. They gonna be in stores. I seen what they say after. A long time after your shoe be on the rack yeah, yeah, and give it back to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can do it. Yeah, you can always retro it. Retro it. Twenty anniversary coming up, so we didn't talk to doing some things, but you know that's that's, that's all strategic. Man, go find you a, a Mike Vick shoe, man. If you ain't never right. had one, you a kid. Go be a part of history. Go get your Mike Vick shoe right, and show, man. man.
Find that Clayton will rush for a thousand. Right. That Clayton will rush for a thousand. Because the Lamar the Mar- Jackson y'all seeing right now, that's Crazy. what we had back then. You know what I mean? He pioneered the way to help Lamar Jackson become, you know, who who he is. You know what I mean? Salute to him. Lamar Jackson, man. Florida boy, you know how we rock. Um, did you see the simulation of uh, Lamar Jackson when they turned turned everything around and he was left handed? Nah, I didn't see it, but I can only imagine it. Bro, I know he looks just like Y'all look exactly alike, bro. It's crazy. It's so funny because I was showing my son some highlights last night because my son was looking at him. I know that's you. Is that you? He trying to figure it out. You see, look on YouTube, you see me. He look at me, like, damn, and like, yeah, that's really me. But I'm watching. So last night I'm playing a video game. My man, I just start watching my highlights. Sometimes I dive into it because I can't even lie. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, like lost in it too. Like, damn, I was really doing that. And then um, I instantly thought about Lamar. Like, this is what Lamar look like right now. Right, right. Now right. I see why I enjoy watching him. Right, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, right. But so he uh. He's uh, kind of uh, doing a little bit more than what you did, like breaking yeah. your records and stuff, right? Yeah, 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 um, man. You know, I, I said this on Fox a couple. But weeks let me ago. say, let me save you first. Right? We ain't gonna just give all the credit. <laughs> We're gonna say, hold on, hold on. You doing that, Lamar? I gotta give Madal a little credit too. You doing that with seventeen games, man? So Madal had to do the sixteen. So y'all, hey, we both eager, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and like I say, shout out to Lamar, but more so just. And I was telling some people the other day, and I said it on Fox, like, the offenses are now going to change. So people say, yo, I changed the game. You revolutionized the game. Okay, it was people that came. It was ones that came before me who I felt like did it. And now Lamar is like a spitting image of me and everybody. That's the comparison. Right. But now we're going to start seeing more of that because the offense is going to look like what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. Like, he had... They're going to adjust to people like you now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Design runs. Design runs. Quarterback counters. Right. And, and use your ability. That opens it up for everybody else. 100%. So offense is about to change now to a point where you don't have to study with the Baltimore Ravens and what Lamar Jackson are doing because it's only going to help you move the change. Especially exactly. on the high school collegiate level. Ball possession. You know, now the quarterback is like, Almost a third, Less fourth running back. You know, less interception. Maintaining the ball. You know what I mean. <laughs> so you know what I mean. Uh, they say Lamar Jackson is like a sixty percent of of the Ravens carries, man. So yeah. man, he's doing his thing, man. Big I ain't mad at it, man. man. Like, go win the game. Right. Find right. a way to win. I think the hardest part about that zone before you move on is that. You know, you just got to get everybody to buy in. Like, you know, you got top receivers that might be number one. Like you got a running back that might be a first-round pick, and mm-hmm. he won't carry his, and their family come to – and I, I kind of dealt with that a little bit. Like, you know, people, they get they get selfish over that ball. Right. But the coaches don't see that. Coaches see team and unity and, you know, making it happen as one. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, everybody, you know, one person out of the 11 might not agree with that. That's he might want the ball. He might want his tight. He want a bigger contract, and you and you, so you can't keep these. Might not be able to keep these teams together. Let's say I let to say, man, let the team game be a team game. Yeah, your coach gonna see you blocking, catching. He gonna see you running the fi- a route down the field to open it up for somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, he used to call it a sacrificial. You just sacrificial lamb. Bro. You right. Run the go route to get the cross underneath. You know. So hear what he's saying. Hear what he's saying. You know. 
they're not typical passes. You're not going to get the typical pass that you probably would get and get your stats yeah. all the time. When you with winners and you with people that are putting up greatness out there on the field, you have to just go with the flow. You might not get right. 10 catches you're used to every game, but you're going to be used to winning. So you're going to have to suck up your pride and ego sometimes and say, okay, I might not get as used to as many balls as I'm used to, but we're going to have a different different team than you used to. We're going to win more than you used to. You know what I mean? When so, it feels good. And when it feels greater than anything. When as a, as 20, 22 men or however many, 53 men, we go out on a journey all together and we go on the war because it's really war out there. You know what I mean? We go on the war. And we go on that plane, and we land in somebody else's city, and we go in and conquer and win. You know what kind of feeling that is? Like, you know what I mean? So we got to sometimes, just, like you say, go with the flow. Yeah, man. Go with the flow, man. You got to just believe in one another. Believe in the product. Right. Believe in the coaches. Believe in the system. Believe yeah. in the product. So, right, like Mike. So you touched on it. Like you said, you had a chip on your shoulder, right, from the guy that was better than you. In high school, right? I, I had the same thing. Ryan Stein, I don't know if you ever heard of him, man, but uh, I played quarterback. I led the league and uh I mean I led uh the county in passing. Yeah. And uh he was a little under me, but they gave him all the pub and stuff. So we but we right. ended up both yeah. going to UCF though. Yeah, yeah. He, he pushed right. Yeah, he pushed, he pushed that chip on the shoulder. Yeah, right. yeah. So you had that chip on your shoulder. Like you say, you the number one draft pick at Atlanta Falcons, right? Now you like Shit, what else I got to try to be better than? Yeah. I, I made it, you know yeah. what I mean? So now my question is to you. When you if you when you draft it to the Atlanta Falcon, right, and you take this thing serious from the day one, do you think you could have been one of the greatest ever? Absolutely. 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 Um, rest in peace to my great, the late, great Dan Reeves, uh, my first head coach who drafted me. He, he really understood how to use me. He drafted me. He... Coached John Elway for years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And through John Elway, he learned how to use a mobile quarterback. Because John could throw it, but he could also run it. He'll move the chains for those who right. haven't seen John Elway. Google him. He's like one of the great, one of the greatest top five of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so I idolized him a little bit. Right. And this man actually drafted me. So when he drafted me, that second year, we, when we beat Green Bay on the road, I was like, I could do this for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. He really understand how to use me. Like I said, he was doing quarterback sweeps. A lot of the highlights. Before that, that was happening back then. Yeah. And and so, like he he put everything, he put all that in me and helped me understand, like what the offense could be and where I could potentially go. But if I'd have had him for at least five or six years, mm-hmm. I probably would have got a Super Bowl early because he demanded that I prepare hard and like I knew like three technique, one technique. Mm-hmm. I know if it was an under defense or over defense, like what coverage I was going to get. Right. And these was things that. So he knew how to teach you better. Teach you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so going after my third year, they fired Dan. And now we got coaches who come from the West Coast system. Mm-hmm. So now I got to start all over and learn the whole West Coast system, which is strictly pass, but short game, quick game, use the backs. Push it down, feel a little bit. Most important, you got to learn your protections. Mm-hmm. And, and so my coach came in with a different like attitude, and I was I had to start all over and learn it. And now in my fourth year, I just signed a, I just signed a deal. At that point, I worked towards the deal, but it was just so a different type of pressure. Mm-hmm. So now I'm not 
in the same offense, I'm in a different offense, and I got to prove to them that I'm worthy. So I, I, I kind of had a little mental lapse. I was doing everything that I could to you know, move the chains, win games. We made the NFC Championship game that year. We lost to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'd have had Dan, I think consistently, he would have been a different level of teaching. See, and that's a good teaching lesson, like, because I like to have a different perspective. Like you said, he said, uh, Dan left and a new coach came. Coach came right? So when a new coach came, come in, they have a boss too. So they're trying to prove something to their boss along with bringing you aside. So Mike is trying to prove something to this boss when this boss is trying to prove something to this boss. And he might not be proving it what he want to see the whole time, if he just stay real to himself and understand that he's doing everything he needs to do, you know, things play out different. So sometimes we get caught up and we just have to learn how to learn for ourselves. We can't just get caught up and just believe everything we hear and believe everything we see. Like I say, that's my motto. Believe none of what you hear and half of what you see. And go learn for yourself. What better is to go learn for yourself? That's the best way. You know what I mean? So, uh, so now, so um, like you said, you was incarcerated for a couple years, right? And you know that that's I mean, all my friends, you know, everybody I grew up with, and incarcerated. You know, I hear a lot of stories. Um, so um, what kept you motivated, or who kept you motivated, or kept you sane, so you know that when I come out, I got goals to accomplish, that I gotta try to get back in the league, I gotta yeah. gotta do something, you know? Yeah, yeah, for the wife, the wife, yeah, like. I, I never sugarcoated like that. I mean, I, it wasn't my world. It wasn't where I, I it intended to end up. Like, mm-hmm. you grow up doing certain things, like, oh, it's a chance I'm going to end up. Mm-hmm. And as I got into doing the little, you know, crazy things that I got into, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a possibility, but you got so much money. I'm like, man, that ain't happening. Right. If it do happen, I'll find my way out of it. So when it actually hit and it was reality, it's like, you know, now I'm culture shock. Mm-hmm. I'm going in a place on like me. Like, my first couple of hours, I had to get in there and just put the pillow over my head just to, you know, just like I had to black out for a minute. Right, right. It's a different mental space. You know, I'm getting on the phone with her. And you know, I'm, I'm keep it calm. Like, I ain't, I ain't, Give you hope. Morale down. It's all the way down. Mm-hmm. Give you hope. She's like, yo, your head up, drum, stuff together, boom, boom. And I was in a situation where I had like I had a phone in my cell in the beginning mm-hmm. and it wasn't easy access but I could I could talk. Right, right, right. And thank God for that because he helped me keep my sanity. Yeah. And just leading her just like yo pepping me up, yo, chin up every day for two weeks. Like the first two weeks I like, you know what I mean? That's hurt, man. Like mm-hmm. it hurt really bad. It hurt really bad because man, you can't go from having everything in life that you work for hurt and, and earn to not having Gone. nothing. To three meals sale. a day, a pen, a pad, a Bible. I did have a little TV like four stations. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. For the first 30 days before I went to, to Leavenworth. Uh-huh. And, and so right then and there was when I, I got callous to everything. She built me up because I was weak, dog. And I had to, like, every day, get stronger, stronger. Because I knew I was about to go to and be around like five, six hundred mm-hmm. dudes every day. Medium camp? Um, 
Low camp. Low camp. Low camp. Yeah, no send me to no meetings. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to call her like, yo. Really do you, bro. Right, man, I think I'm going to try to bail out of here. <laughs> this ain't going to work. But, I, you know, I remember the story when I first pulled up. Like, when I first pulled up to Leavenworth, they pulled up to Big House. Mm. Big man, hold on, man. They done set me up, bro. They done lied to me, man. I'm sending me to the big house. I'm like, they ain't sending me to no camp. Low. Looking out, I'm looking at him. Damn. I'm trying to let me get myself together. I'm thinking about all the pep talks for Kiabas. And uh, they was like, when I walked in, they was like, nah, you ain't going in there. You're going down here. And I'm like, thank God. Bro. That would have been the last straw for me because, mind you, bro, it's just a, a, a culture shock and it's not a place for You'd have had to adapt, man. Yeah. It's not a place for like people like myself. Right, right. Thank God I had, you know, tons of people when I got there who supported me, understood the situation. Yeah, that's what and I mean let's, too. Let's, like, let's find a way to get through this and rehabilitate too. The best thing out of that whole situation was that I was able to grow as a person. Right, right. Found out a lot about myself um, and really had a chance to digest like what I. What I want my life to be like when I come out of it. So I was, I had a chance to blueprint and map out everything. And when I came out, it was like, boom, 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 everything, I, the goals I set. Fell in place, in place. But I went and got through it all everything, like, hands down. So you here, man. Y'all here, man. We, you know, we grow up. Some of us fathers, we don't know how to treat women. We, we look down on women, man, behind every real ninja. Is a great woman. You better believe that. Hundred percent. Y'all want to dog women out and don't settle down. Don't have you behind every real ninja is a great woman. You better believe that. Go get somebody and sit yourself down now. So you heard that without without Kiafa, you know our family friend. We know without Kiafa, man, it's probably be a different situation, man. Man, he probably be at Home Depot or something picking up boxes or something. You know what I mean? But sure. You know what I mean? So we all good. So now, uh, get out and you're with the Eagles. You're on the Eagles, right? And you meet this guy named Sante Sam. <laughs> and you just hear his mouth all day, every day in practice. And he can't shut up, man. I'm like, I did not know dudes <laughs> like that. Like, Instantly, I'm like, I understand. I see why he wanted the best in the game. Like, that's what you pay for. That's what you, pay that's for. What you want right there. Right. Because he don't understand. Like, I'm I'm talking trash because I'm putting the target on my back. I'm coming to practice because I want to practice my hardest. I want somebody to challenge me. So I know if I'm talking trash to them in the offense, I know I'm putting the target on my back every day. I got to come show up. And that's just what it did. They'll tell you they used to be in office meetings preparing and practice for me. <laughs> We played the, the Giants on Sunday. The hell y'all running routes to beat me for? Y'all need to get rid of the Giants. But that's how it is. When you know you the GOAT and you know you are stopping, your confidence is there. Yeah, you put that back. You put that um, competitive spirit. You know what I mean? You put that, that target on your back, man, and you stand up. That's what a leader does. You show everybody else by example how I'm coming, how I'm rocking. I can't be stopped, and everybody knows. Oh, it's going down. So, you know what I mean? So the fun part about practice, like I learned with Philadelphia, like you, you gotta practice hard. Like we practiced to win. We practiced like it was the game. It brought, it brought out the best in everybody, though. Right, right. That's, that's the whole point of it. You know what I mean? And then, and then Mike could tell you, like, 
if I come to practice one day, I'm not feeling good or whatever, I just don't, I don't want to talk today. I just don't want to talk. Right. Everybody's like, what's going on? Is Sante all right? Hey, we need you. Come on, man, yeah. say something. They think something is going on, something ain't right. But, you know, I, that's just used to that energy, you know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, you might be down. You might yeah. can't bring the same energy. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah, now. Um, so, now, like I said, you get to the Eagles, right? Um, did you know you was going to be to the Eagles before you got out? Nah, that came as a shock. That came as a shock? That came as a shock. Was yeah, anybody yeah, else? Yeah, for, like, we, she did not believe it. Like, me and her was going through some things at the time. And, um, you know, she was back home in Philadelphia. And I called her, like, I'm on the way to Philly. I think I'm about to get signed to, to the Eagles. She's like, boy, bye. <laughs> I hung up the phone. My yo, this is not a game. It's not a game. It's Amber, like, hey, listen, I'm going to need your help. And I still didn't believe it because there was a couple other teams out there that was um, very interested. There was the Bengals at the time. They had Carson Palmer. And then um, Buffalo, they had, I want to say Rob Johnson or somebody, a quarterback. Mm. And I'm like, I can understand the situation with the Bengals and not going there. Well, going there and being a backup, but if I go to Buffalo, I want to start. I think the whole thing with me is you got to ease your way back into it. So when Andy called, my agent called me, and he was like, I think Philly want to sign me. Like, Philly? Philly? I'm like, they got Kevin Cobb, Donovan, I'm going to be number 300. I'm never going to play. Right. And, uh, Long story short, man, it actually ended up happening. And they called me, and, I, and that's when I showed up that day. And thank God Kiapa assisted me on that visit, you know, because, you know, I was able to learn a lot about the city mm-hmm. in, like, a day. And then I ended up signing. And, you know, thank God that, that signing saved my life in so many ways because, brother, I'm so happy yeah, I was there with you, man. man. This was this was posing conservation, so I was still no, trying to get myself together. Yeah, bankruptcy, trying to get my mind right. I'm still like straddling the fence in a lot of areas of my life, and just trying to find out like what's most important. I mean, like I said, it was so many people. Like Andy was so important. Oh man, Andy, shout out to Andy Reid, man, and Mr. Lord. And I gotta shout out Andy Boy, Rick, Rick Buckholzer, man. Yeah, they good people, man. Good people, good people. They care about you and your family. That's, that's what I talk about, man. When I'm going off of other people and coaches, man, if we all men first, you care about my family first, you want me to go out here and go to war with you, boy? You acting crazy and treating me like, boy, but I'm a man first. You better understand that. You know what I'm saying? So that's what most of these coaches need to get. Like, we men first. We not no walking around this piece of meat just pick up and say, come here. You talking about family real quick. The fact that Kiapa was from Philadelphia, her family was there, we got a chance to be there, and she got a chance to be with her family, like after years of sacrifice of her life, and following me around on my journey. Mm-hmm. But be there, like I met you, I met like so many, like I had a chance to get to know her family. Mm-hmm. Man, that was a blessing from God right there, man. That was a blessing to put that together, man. Absolutely. Yeah, man, Philly was definitely an awesome time. But like I say, man, um, you came to Philly, uh, before you come to Philly, I'm witnessing. I'm here, I'm hearing everything. Mike Vick, oh, man, I'm about to get me. Mike Vick, black Superman. I'm excited. I hear Donovan McNabb cheering on Mike Vick. We want Mike Vick. Yeah, bring Mike Vick. We can help him out, this and that. So 
Everybody want Mike Victor, even McNabb. He's saying he want Mike Victor, right? But I don't think McNabb realized that this is still Mike Vick. Mike Vick gonna come here when he get here. He's gonna be pushing you for your playing time. They might be cutting out some of your snaps. So when we get there, that's starting to happen. And this is me witnessing. He don't have to say it. I witnessed this with my own eyes. You know, I want I want to see Michael Vick on the field. This is Mike Vick. I know he could help us. So Mike Vick come on the field. Uh, McNabb is running off the field, and he's doing this to Andy. He's like, cut, cut, cut. And I'm like, dang, that's crazy. But no, to his defense, you know what I mean? I get it. You're a quarterback. You're in rhythm. You know what I mean? So if you're playing two downs and then you got to come out third downs, kind of throwing your rhythm off, this and that. But my whole point is, man, you got to watch what you ask for in life. You know what I mean? I, you mean good, but, you know, you know, I, I, I dealt with uh, similar situations when, um, you know, they bought in different corners. They bought in numbers. And then look, I'm the odd man out. So, how did that make you feel when you when you experience that? He, he asked you to come here, and then you see like uh, he pushes for, for for playing time. And he's kind of fighting against it, man. How did that? Well, I, I say in? this: I do understand how it can affect the quarterback's rhythm because Dan Reeves one time was rotating me and Doug Johnson my rookie year in and out, and it was like. Bro, you put me in on second down, him on third down, and you punt. And I'm back on first down, he ain't on second down, and I'm on third down. I'm like, I can't get a feel for the game, so I understood um, that part. But I was just trying to fulfill my role. Um, right. Andy, even at that time, was trying to incorporate the and this the running part of it, similar to what Lamar is doing now. Right. He was at that stage in 2009, which I think is incredible. It's super dope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Donovan wanted that rhythm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you never know what a quarterback really needs. Right? Right, right, When he's in the moment, mm-hmm. what makes him go. Right, um, right. What gives him that, you know what I'm saying, like that that instant comfort level. Because it's a comfort level you got to have. It's a rhythm you got to be in. So, right. It's like I get that part. Else. But I, it got to a point where I, I started to get uncomfortable with the play calls that was being called for me because I knew Donovan wasn't comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And bro, you know, he didn't tell you like it, it really wasn't his cup of tea. I think he expected me to just be the backup if something happened to him and went down. But it's like ain't a couple first downs that year and kept the chains moving at certain <laughs> times, and I know he would appreciate that. Right. And I'm, right. ha- I'm happy Andy called those plays still. Had the guts to put me in. Mm-hmm. Donovan was the coach. You know, Andy was the coach, and coach, he put me in the game and let me rock out. So right, right. you know, he took me, coach took me by the reins and said, Look, y'all gotta be professionals and Donovan gotta be a pro. Man, I can get like I say once again. Shout out to you, Andy Reid, man. For, shout out to Donovan too. That's my shout brother. Shout out to Donovan, man. You know that's our people too. But uh, Andy Reid, man, you saved his brother, man. You helped him build his life, man. We can never forget you as a community. We would never. You are forever blessed for that, that's brother, man. One Thank one you, man. One of the greatest people on this earth, man. For man. sure. You know, you, you think when I talk about the people who helped me in a lot of ways in life, like coaches just bring me, call me to the office just to talk. Yeah. Like, yo, let's just chop it up, sit across from me. Mm-hmm. And what's on your mind? What's going on? How your family doing? Right. Saving your money? Mm-hmm. What kind of right. adjustments you got? Like, I'm, that's like, the type of person you want to pay for. Yeah. You know? It's like, like, we ain't always talking football. And then he'll text me at night and he'll send me five or six plays. What you think about this? Mm-hmm. Man, I, making you feel involved. Not like you just some type of puppet and 
You know, Coach, Coach was. Um, you the goat, Andy. Coach was the rock man in my life, man. Because I went through some tough times in Philly, right? Dealing with family and, and, and losing family members. Yeah, yeah. And I, I never forget the one time I um, lost a significant family member, and it was like I was burnt out. I ain't had nothing left. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I came home from the hospital. I laid on the couch and I just, I just cried. I held it in. I cried. I held it in. Let it all out. I'm in the I'm having a moment and my phone rang this coach. And when I pick up the phone, I'm like, so dude, I'm like, I ain't got nothing left. He already knew. And within 10 minutes, this man had me on the phone crying, laughing, just telling me stories and telling jokes and just had a just a way of just to bring it back to life, man. I'm like, he's a special man. So yeah. I said all that to say. Like people can certainly change people's feelings, emotions, all in the moment. Right. Well, the see, that's the like the art of interception. Andy Reid understood what type of situation he was getting himself in. He understood this man was incarcerated. I'm not sure if his children was incarcerated before or after Michael Vick, but he experienced the same thing. So you see, he know what he was dealing with. So he anticipated getting him and having to deal with this and turning this into a success. Man, that is one of the greatest art of interception stories ever right there, man. The way you yeah. did that, Andy, man. You anticipated that thing and made it happen. I can't thank you enough, Andy Reid, baby. Make sure you hear me. Clap if you hear me, Andy. So uh, let me switch subjects a little bit, man. Um, shout out to Dion, man. Pride Tide, Coach Pride, man. So Shador, Shador Sanders, man. Uh, we here. Uh, Jackson State. Jackson State. You know what I mean? Put them on the map. I heard you before talk about uh, the release of his ball and how pretty it was. And, and it's pretty. And I see it. He, he sits in the pocket. He looks so composed. You know, he looked like he can uh, compete on the next level at a high level. And um, I seen Dion put up a post and he talked about when you talk about the Heismans, don't forget to talk about his son, Shadur Sanders. And right now, he has 1,351 passing yards. He has 14 touchdowns, one interception. And he has a 75.5 completion percentage, right? So, right, to the critics, right, you're going to say he's playing against lower competition. You're going to say this and that. Listen, when you're playing with competition versus lower competition, it's all the same. So, if you can complete 75% of your balls against kids, against kids, what's going to happen when you get against adults, against adults? Ball is ball. So don't underrate. Don't try to underestimate. Don't try to uh, X him out. Like he said, that boy is pure passer. He do his thing. We're going to let the expert quarterback fulfill and talk about that. When I when I first talked to Dion a couple weeks ago, when I went to their practice, and I first I seen his ball, and I was like, who's that throwing the ball like that? So I'm coming in with not a lot of, not a lot of knowledge on Jackson State and the team. Where they at? With it, you know, the trajectory. And so I'm like, what's that? That's my son. And so it started to sink in. And I'm like, man, he threw a beautiful ball. Mm -hmm. That's like, the most important. He played the game from the neck up. I'm like, mm. that instantly says something. He was like, he, he worked with that man on the wall right there. He worked with Tom Brady. Mm. Working with some guys on the low. And I'm like, let me just watch his practice and see how he distributed this ball. Watching him, so he's going to all the right spots with the checks. Okay, 
he really got it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that only tells one story. Practice right. tells a story. I trust Dion because I even had questions I had to ask Dion about my son and him growing up and like, what I need to do. How you get him to a point where like his mindset is like I was destroy yeah. everything. <laughs> and he was like, he, he told me some tips. He told me what to do, and I'm, I'm certainly gonna follow on because yeah. Dion is is a mentor. There you go. So I'm like, watch me the next day and just see how this all transpired. Oh, he, I think he threw only like three incomplete passes. He was like 20 for 23. Like, he played the game from the neck up. He make all the right decisions. This guy's going to be a first-round pick. Because, like you say, regardless of the competition, it don't matter. If you're completing that passes at a rate that high, right. they want to know how is that happening and what, you know, talk to the coordinator, you know, how you getting this done. And I just seen the complete player, man, who was one of the best in the country, one definitely in the top five, and should be considered a Heisman Trophy candidate at some point. Hundred percent, like you said, uh, Steve McNair, rest in peace. Steve McNair, man, was a Heisman Trophy candidate. I don't know if he won it or not. I think he uh, might have uh, been a candidate or not, but came from Alcorn State, same type of situation, man. So don't overlook the young man. Shadur Sanders, man, he's doing he great young things, too. man. Yeah, young, young, too. So, so he got a chance. Year or something like that. Yeah, this year can be. How tall is he? He's like 6'2. Six 6'2. Two. Six two. Good size. Like me. Good yeah, size. So like Good this side. year can be the year that can just kind of like bridge the gap and, and just get his name out there. And next year, right, maybe right. a different barrier be set. Yes, yeah, Dion doing his thing with Jackson State. And I think he's like a Division One AA or something like that. It ain't no D2. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's like a decent competition. Yeah, competition. So. Like you say, man, Dion, you got a great point, brother. Keep fighting for your seeds, man. That's what we're here for. We're going to fight for our seeds. We're going to fight to the end for our seeds. That's how we coming. If you don't rock like that for your kids, bro, I don't know what to say about you, boy. Ball is balls. You know what I mean? Ball is balls. So now, here we go, man. We talk about the harsh reality is us as black men, we have to do. We all get in trouble. We all do things wrong. It's all about who going to get caught and when get caught. So... You know, they put a situation on our friend, my dog, my family member, and he dealt with harsh punishment, harsh reality, right? Now we got Brett Favre over here in one of the poorest cities in America, if I'm correct, Mississippi, and you got a $5 million swindle going on for some volleyball stadium at a cottage. And this thing is getting swept under the rug the man who was over has already been indicted or pled guilty to whatever already. And you ain't even hear about this stuff. You got two quarterbacks, one white, one black. One got to do two years and one you still ain't hearing nothing about this man. Why is it like that? Why do we have to go through that and why is it so easy the other way around? How do you feel about that, man? How does that make you feel, man? Man, it's just such a unfortunate situation for a lot of people who just lost out. It's lost out. And it's lost out. Like, that's what they was fighting for or whatever they was after. I'm pretty sure that, um, you know, it could have been, that money could have been made in different ways. It could have been structured a different way. Mm -hmm. But when you talking about people who really be like starving, I don't think people understand. Like, some people how we come up, like we really starve sometimes. Like we really don't, bellies don't get full. You know what we I mean? We rely on that. 
Jesus. Well, man, we, my mom relied on that. You know what I mean? Like for a certain amount of years of my life, and you know, for them to like find ways to take that money, like, tangle that, you know, just make that a thing where they, you know, took from people. You know, who, not they, because I mean, when you do that, when you do that, you, you don't understand that life and what people are going through. Because if you understand what people got to deal with, how they struggle, how they suffer. Mm-hmm. What it's like to grow up in the ghetto, what it's like to grow up in poverty. If you knew better, you would do better. You wouldn't even trying to do that. See, that's like, no, hell no, I'm not taking, I'm, I don't, no, hold on, get that to them. Right. Let's go and find another route to make this happen, build a stadium, and when you can pay me a certain amount of money to speak on why right. I'm doing this and mm-hmm. why I chose not to do that and why this is going to serve mm-hmm. underprivileged. Mm-hmm. See, and that's a good point because, you know, a lot of those people in those high positions, um, they have no clue what we go through. They have no clue the way we live. They have no clue about struggle. They just live in their life their whole life. All they see was the great and the finer things of life. All they see is they have a death in the family. Guess what? They go to therapy. Guess what we do? We got to thug it out. We don't know what a damn therapist is. You know what I'm saying? So it's a different time. It's a different life. But... Man, we just want to all be treated equal, man. At the end of the yeah. day, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If he got, if he in trouble for something, it's harsh punishment. Other people get in trouble for something for harsh punishment. They don't get in trouble, and he shouldn't get in trouble. It's yeah. all the same caliber, man. Yeah. So that's all, man. I hate that. I hate that my brother had to go through that. But like you said, he probably needed that, and God knows what's best, you know, to make him a better man. And he man, is, here he is today, a better man. Situation was more so about money, and a situation like that, I probably would have. Never went to prison, but I probably would. What a probably would. What they would have said, welfare money. This man taking welfare money. He got this and that. They would have spent that narrative and made made it all terrible, man. When you got people, people that's undeserved and that's privileged involved, then that's that's really like on a different level, right? Like right. it's on a different level, and it's, it's definitely. Um, Find a way to fix that. Because that's our people up there in Mississippi. And they struggling. They ain't got water. They, they one of the poorest cities in America. They just need help. They need help, man. They just need help, man. So, give me that five million. That five million. Give me ten. Let's divvy it up. Let's divvy it up. Got it. Little inches. So, have a little fun with you real quick. Now, top five strongest arms quarterback ever. You need to go number one. Okay. I got it for myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm in, I'm in the top five. For sure. Brent Favre. Brent Favre. Woo! John Elway. John Elway. We're talking about cannons. Cannons. Slaying that thing. I was thinking about a sleeper, Jamarcus Russell. I think I seen him throw one one time. I'm no, not five. Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. He got, he got an arm. Strong arm. Really? Yeah, sometimes he got a strong arm. That's four. Um, wow, this is a really good question. Like, who <laughs> else? Like, strong arms. Guns. Oh. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford? Over Rodgersburg? And then Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron yeah, the way Aaron Rodgers is so impressive, the way Aaron Rodgers can be right here running that way. Yeah, and flicking it to go yeah. like seventy yards. Like, yeah, he, um, I hate definitely top five strongest arms. Yeah, five right there. Freakish talent. So we got Mike Vick, John Elway, Aaron Rodgers, 
Matthew Stafford. Who else? In this one. Who was that last one? Brett Favre. Brett. Matt. Aaron Rodgers. John Elway. John Elway. There y'all go. Mike Vick, top five strongest quarterback. And um, I don't know how much you've been uh, keeping up with the draft, but I, I was watching this game, and I was like, man, I'm going to ask Mike Vick about this guy. I'm, I'm asking him about his do – do you have any sleeper quarterbacks in the draft? Because I this got year? one that I've been – This year? Him. Yeah. And he reminded me of you. I want to see if you could – if you are who you're sleeping I was really liking the kid. I really like the kid from Florida. I just think he got to get more consistent. Um, yeah, he's he running good too, right? With number 15? Yeah, number 15, he, yeah. brought, he, he was playing consistent. I like uh, him and Hook. Let, let me give you one. Go ahead, man. Let me get this one right here. I think his name, I think it's his first name. I want to show Michael Piggins Jr. He played for Washington. University of Washington. Oh, my gosh. He, wow. They just beat, I think, Michigan State. They did. I, I think I seen the other day, but I, I I didn't tune into the game. Man, that boy. Hey. So I got to check gonna, him out. Yeah, you got to check him out. He's going to sneak up the ranks real fast, boy. He's going to be up there. You know what I mean? Through all the little situations. You know he black and all. You know yeah. what I mean? Left-handed. So I think he transferred from Stanford. Some, somewhere he transferred. Don't quote me. Don't make me uh, be wrong. All right. Now we got the last question of the day, man. So. Right here, we in the hurricane. My brother came through yeah, in the hurricane. Sure. We ain't got nothing right right down the road. I know right yet. down the road, you know, come have some tea, some coffee. Absolutely. What was your first experience in the hurricane since you've been living out here, bro? How was that? Well, I knew you just get the hell up out of here. Yeah, we always got about here. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then, um, so this is my first year, like really being like, like I ain't I'm scared. Gonna trust the process. I'm gonna trust the process. I ain't tripping. Like I feel like I got a community of people now I can reach out to. Like, <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.